I'm Crystal Brown, your host, and you may have heard of Triple Crown Sports as one of the largest amateur college and youth sport organizer, maybe in the areas of volleyball, softball, or fast pitch baseball. But did you know that they're organizing the same fun for pickleball called PickleCon? CEO Carrie King and pickleball director Elisa Morrison join us today to tell us all about PickleCon. It's a huge convention in Kansas City next year. So keep listening to hear all the details. Now to the show. Welcome to Simply Pickleball, the podcast where we discuss all things pickleball, the fastest growing sport in America and around the world. We are interviewing the founders, industry leaders, athletes, lovers of the sport that are driving the spectacular growth. If you love pickleball as much as we do, listen in. Okay, so I'm so excited to um, be speaking today with Carrie King and Elisa Morrison from Triple Crown Sports, and we get to hear about all things pickleball. Before we get started on that, um, Carrie, I hope you can give us a little bit of a background on Triple Crown Sports and how it came to be. I know that it's a family business, and I know that it was started by your father, but it would be really interesting to hear about you know, why the, this business is in particular interested in pickleball when we get there, but first, why it started to begin with. Yeah, very good. I'll, I'll definitely start out. So in 1982, so roughly 41 years ago, my father and mother were playing in a slow-pitch softball tournament. So this is adults at the time, not, not a youth event. And they were disenchanted by the level of organization and the awards, the lack of officials. There was a lot of issues. They took that right to the event director. And he basically told them, if you think you can do it better, go do it on your own. <laughs> so then that was the challenge to start the very first ever event in 82. And that event was the idea that uh, my mom, Annette King, and my father, Dave King, had was to create an event that was very memorable and something that had all of the bells and whistles. So it wasn't just the games, but it was social activities. It was uh, great awards ceremony, maybe uh, pro athletes, all these different elements that would enhance the game of softball to make for an experience that was out of this world. And that was the original vision of Triple Crown. And then in 1987, it became a, a company. And so it was just on the side for the first five years from 83 through 87. And then it really focused on um, expanding the slow pitch softball footprint and zoom all the way to today in 2023, we now have no slow pitch softball events <laughs> and we are in youth baseball, youth girls, fast pitch softball, youth volleyball, college basketball, and soon to be pickleball. And this will have a pro and amateur element and all kinds of different aspects to it. And it really encompasses that original insight that uh, Dave and Annette had in 82 to create grandeur and joy and memories inside of the event itself. And the format is designed uniquely to where it can bring memories, uh, learning, hospitality to the forefront. So it meets our purpose of why our Triple Crown Sports organization exists. And it also meets the mission of what we do, which is the, the creation of high quality events. Um, and so it's very exciting that we're entering pickleball. It's gathered a lot of momentum uh, in a very short period of time. And I think Alyssa's email inbox warrants that. <laughs> We've never seen so much activity. And that as being an analyst going to pickleball director, it's a lot different now because a lot of people want to know more about what exactly are we building? What do you think your parents felt was missing exactly? Do, I mean, if you could be specific, is it 
because there was, I imagine at the time, there's major league sports. So we can move that out aside for a minute, even though we might talk about major league uh, pickleball. And then there's collegiate pickleball or that's coming, collegiate sports. But there was, and there's youth sports, but somehow you're, it sounds like they had, they had a vision of somewhere in between where maybe it's amateurs don't have a place to compete and have fun. They felt like there was, is that what they were looking at that was missing? Yeah. You really had a, a niche market that wasn't being served a high quality product. And so what was there, what were tournaments that were very loosely organized. So instead of the schedule being posted a week in advance or a month in advance, it was, you know, posted as you walked into the facility, instead of having f- the facility maintained, which in the slow pitch softball world would look like an infield that has been uh, groomed. So it's flat instead of a bunch of undulations on the infield right. and rock lines that are actually painted and an outfield fence, actually having an official behind the home plate and one on the bases. And then when the event, um, is being played, the teams are segmented properly, meaning the teams that are good are playing against each other the entire time. The teams that are in the middle and the teams that are mediocre, they're bunched and segmented together. Nobody was doing those kind of things for the amateur marketplace. And so uh, when the event finished, there was a the awards were there on site. There was an awards presentation, and it put a bow on the event leaving uh, great memories along the way, whether it was some of the social events that happened at night, there was um, not quite a, a runway model show, but if you can imagine a slow pitch softball uniform, okay, now now you put that softball player on top of the, the bar, okay, and have them walk up and down the bar <laughs> and auction off for St. Jude's Children's Hospital their jersey. So the person would come away with the jersey and the money would go to St. Jude's Children's Hospital. That was a fun way to celebrate softball, raise money for a charity, and also create a social environment that left lasting memories. And so when when we would produce events early on and, and really throughout the time frame, it also the events were produced in destinations that were engaging for the family. So places like Stebo Springs, Colorado is a ski resort community. And in the summertime, it has lots of horseback riding, fishing, it's a beautiful, cool weather setting. Those were the initial building blocks is to build those kind of highly organized events around social and high quality ingredients in settings that generated uh, an expansive place for your children to be at, or maybe your parents would come watch you. Um, even if they were older parents, they would be with the, the grandkids at the time. Yeah. Uh, tube the river. Uh, you know, we did so many different, we call them spin events. And um, another way to look at that is if you were to go to a, a typical hamburger joint, you have very limited uh, options at McDonald's of what you could do. You can put the ketchup, the mustard, maybe some pickles, right? Um, and cheese. But if you go to a place like a smash burger, you could put peanut butter and bacon, strawberries, and jam, and, and you can layer the burger to where you'd like it. And so Triple Crown is well known now for being that option where you can layer your experience unlike our competitor events that typically produce the standard issue hamburger or that hamburger joint that has the layers, the special ingredients and the atmosphere, um, the high quality service to where you walk away saying, I'll go back there again. Oh, that's awesome. So it's, it's really event planning around sports and, you know, combining those two and which is awesome because it's, you know, healthy. I don't know about the peanut butter on hamburger part, but 
Um, <laughs> so, uh, Elise, Alyssa, tell me about uh, your inbox. So you said <laughs> uh, off camera, you said that your inbox is completely full. Um, and, you know, what did did Carrie come to you and say, like, start some research? Like, how did this start over at Triple Crown? Because there's a lot of other sports you guys could have gone into. You decided to go into pickleball. You know, someone must have had a, a, a clue. Yeah. So it was Carrie um, that came to me in 2018. And I had done research on a few other sports. Um, a few that I was like, yeah, we can continue research. And a few that I said, no, this doesn't seem like a good fit for us. Um, and so he came to me and it actually as senior pickleball. And so that was what it was at the time. And I went to a few events. I did some research. I was like, it's a little more than senior pickleball. Let's just research pickleball as a whole. And so I researched it for probably a little less than a year and then got our COO involved and said, okay, I think there's some something here. There's good momentum and matches our values. I think there's a niche that we can provide something new to the sport, something different that there is not already out there. And so he got involved. Uh, we went to carry with it and he's like, yep, keep going with it. And so um, had some resources and we're planning on getting into it. Um, had someone hired and had an event kind of scoped out for 2020. And then as we all know, um, COVID hit. And so um, as an events company, had to navigate that as everyone else did. And so kind of Pickleball took a back burner, like didn't think about it. We're like, hey, we're just putting the kibosh on this. We'll revisit it. So after we got through COVID, um, stayed alive, alive as a company. Um, and then probably about the past year have been researching it again. And I'm glad um, that Kerry had the foresight he did to start research in 2018 um, because it's very different, right? If anyone has been around for six years, Pickleball has grown tremendously, but it's also changed tremendously with just like the number of players, the number of tournaments that we provided, the number of tournament providers and people and money in the game um, is just crazy. And so it's been really great to see it from the beginning and then be able to change our vision for what's now needed um, in the sport because it's very different than what we originally thought was needed back in 2020. Yeah. And I, and I want to, I want to double click on that and, and get into that. And I, so, so Carrie, when when she came to you or or the CEO, you know, whoever came to you and said we want to look into pickleball, what were your first thoughts? Have you have you had you played pickleball? Had you heard of pickleball? I had, yeah, I, I dabbled at playing pickleball at the time, and I realized that um, different age individuals could compete against each other at the same time, and some of the the let's call it youthful abilities in sport where as you, you know, age over time, you can't do as much. They were somewhat eliminated out there. Um, there were people that were older than me that were way faster somehow, and they were able to get around the court with no issues. And I, I saw that the sport could be expanded into, you know, multiple different ages. And, and like Alyssa noted, it wasn't really just for seniors. In fact, it was a lot of fun for somebody that uh, likes to downhill mountain bike and snowmobile, uh, I'm a snowmobile hill climb racer as well, and I like high speed things. And this right there is is one of these sports that you know satisfies the connection with others, uh, but you still have this opportunity. And this is something that I talk about a lot. But you still have an opportunity to create losing, and I think if you can create <laughs> for loss, it builds the character for when real loss happens in life. And so. It's a practice ground in a game setting to learn how to lose and pick yourself back up again 
And so any kind of way we can create competition so that we can learn to be resilient in the face of adversity because our life is chock full of adversity and it's not losing a pickleball match, it's losing our mother or our father or, God forbid, uh, a young child. And these are the things that really help to build character, help to build resilience in people. And so if we can create uh, fun memories around sport and segment people to where they're playing the right opponents or the fun opponents or the best opponents, and we can create this atmosphere where people can walk away and say, I can't wait to come back. Yeah, that's so interesting. Um, was that part of your mission, by the way, just um, around resiliency and and around... It's interesting the way you just gave perspective on loss. Um, I think it's absolutely true uh, to to help throughout life. I think sports has has a lot of threads. A lot of it's not just about winning. It's about losing. It's about training. It's motivation, discipline. Com- you know, there's so many elements that you learn that you can apply to different parts of your life. But curious if that was part of Triple Crown's mission from the beginning, or or maybe you've added that. No, I probably <laughs> added more of that. Uh, I love to see losers kind of attitude. And I mean, it's just this straight up truth. There's room for one winner and everybody else loses. And so how do you keep attracting people to come back when they don't ever win? Well, there's a lot of ways to do that. And so, um, you know, at the end of the day, I probably was that athlete that did not achieve the greatest results, whether I I played college baseball, um, I've been a snowmobile hill climb racer, and I've always been quite mediocre. I, I lose often and I still keep coming back. And I, I get that pit feeling in my stomach of I let myself down or I've let my teammates down. And for that, I get to generate the resilient moment so I can manufacture the ability to handle bigger issues that come up later. And I, and I know this to be true when looking at different kinds of, you know, very difficult suicide rates with teenagers and young uh, adults, those that play sport tend to um, be less likely to commit suicide. And so I just know our um, what we naturally create, which is these tournaments, they generate a ton of opportunity for failure, adversity, making mistakes, and losing. And for that, we give lifelong lessons to these young players usually, um, but a senior can have the same kind of lesson late in life too. And and still face uh, difficulty, pick themselves back up, or outperform their expectations. And those those things are great about sport, and yeah. one of the best things about it. Um, and so we'll keep coming back to different sports over the course of time. I think you'll see us enter uh, more sports in the future and really try to create the number one, number two, or number three event in the country so that Triple Crown's known for the best of the best events when they come to produce the event and in the sport that I love, we know it's going to be an amazing experience. Well, that's super exciting. I, I want to get to the the event you are planning already and at PickleCon. Uh, I definitely want to talk about that. And when you guys thought about like, how do we put together an event? Maybe, Melissa, you can share some of the, the ideas you wanted to make sure happened during this event. Uh, so like I said, it kind of evolved over the years of researching it. So um, started as just like computer research, um, behind the scenes of who are top players, who are sanctioning bodies, um, what does it look like? What are price entry barriers? Things like that. Um, geographic um, places like hotbeds. And then went to events and talked with players, talked with everyday players, talked with pro a lot of pro players. And so at the time, they weren't making a living doing it. They were subsidizing their living, doing some camps and clinics. So we were like, okay, how can we help 
you guys make um, a living. Well, now they a lot of them are making more money with tournaments. And so kind of lost that and then talked with tournament providers and a lot of brands and like, what are you guys seeing? And so we've still continued that. Um, so our, though our vision has changed because like you said, there's a tournament every weekend now. So if you want to go play, you have opportunities to play. Pros, they have opportunities to get money. Brands are popping up. A lot more brands are coming. But like I said, there's just a lot of different companies in pickleball right now and not one person bringing them all together. And so our COO, Sean Hardy, he started our volleyball division kind of the same way, a very collaborative approach of asking what's missing, asking what has worked in the past, um, what they want to see, what they don't want to see. And so that's really what we've done is just talked with a ton of people from pros to brands to everyday players and tournament providers and seeing what's in the sport is working and why change what's already working, but what also what's missing. And so I've noticed a lot of brands aren't allowed at specific tournaments because they only have their four paddle brands that are allowed there. And pros can only play in certain events because it's on their pro circuit. But there's also a need for like people to just network and talk talk with people. And there's a bit large community. And so the local communities are really strong, but how can that community meet a community from across the country and be able to play and be a mixer and be like, oh, we like obviously the same thing in pickleball, but we also have these other initiatives and how can we line up club or tournament providers with different facilities from across the country. And so just finding that need of what we've seen in our other sports has has worked, what felt we felt like was missing in pickleball, and then just the idea of just bringing everyone together. Like that's the point of pickleball. Like that's why it was started is just that community, that love for the game, being close to someone. And so that's really where our vision kind of grew. Sounds like kind of tying a bow around the whole thing because it, it it has a lot of different tentacles right now. And I think you're right. There's a ton of new brands. We interviewed um, a paddle company that right now um, doesn't even sell on Amazon. I mean, just direct a uh, great paddle company and we, we're talking. Mean, I feel like there's more and more brands, and there there needs to be right. Like we want the cream to rise to the the, cr- the top, and people. You know, you might buy one tennis racket every ten years, but in pickleball, it seems like everyone's buying one every other month. So, so Carrie, what? I don't know how involved you are in planning PickleCon, but um, how have you sort of seen this sport influence what you guys are doing day to day at Triple Crown? Is it starting to grow in terms of attention and time? Yeah, it, it's making all of our, you know, company-wide goals. It's, you know, got attention with human resources outside of Alyssa, which in this case is in the in the operations side. We're talking to you about pickleball, but we also have a marketing department, finance department, and technology. And each of our main departments are, you know, building various aspects to fit the needs of what is being created. And really, like Alyssa said, what's being created is a product of what the marketplace has told us to create. And for that, we didn't have, and we currently do not have all of the aspects created that the market wants. And so we have to design our e-commerce solution to do different things, the way the website um, showcases tournaments versus camps and clinics, uh, social activities. And so uh, our marketing department um, has launched several different teaser campaigns in, in collaboration with uh, different uh, suppliers of pickleball equipment to event coordination uh, companies. And we've 
really network this event. It, it's like a triple crown 5.0. I've never seen us come together as a company to infuse the market's insights and create an event that's entirely built by the market, not simply by the smart personnel that work at Triple Crown, but really um, like the railroad car coming from a great distance away. If you get your ear on the track, you can hear it before it even makes a sound. And so Alyssa has done really good research to, uh, and Sean Hardy to, to really listen for what's supposed to be built well before it's time. And so I'm very excited to see what they've done from an internal perspective to get people that work there excited about pickleball. And then, you know, the local market in Kansas City, the millions of impressions that were, were happening on news outlets and radio stations. Uh, you may be talking to us generated from some of these marketing activity. Uh, you know, it's, it's just amazing how quickly uh, this event PickleCon has gained attention from, you know, local media sources to national media sources. And then uh, it'll be probably one of the largest, uh, most diverse statewide event ever created at Triple Crown in its immediacy. And it may be the, the most diverse pickleball event in 2024 that there, that there is. So it's very exciting. It's getting a ton of attention on our three-year plan, one-year plans, <laughs> who's doing this job, that job. When do we hire this person? All this stuff is happening right now. That's awesome. I mean, I think you you highlighted a couple of things that I just want to underline, you know, which is it is an incredibly, incredibly diverse group of people that play from age to socioeconomic background to location, geography. And I think that's what's really exciting about it and what I personally like about it. Also, I... I was a competitive athlete in college and since then have not really wanted to compete. I'm, I have tons of friends that say like, you should do a triathlon. You can swim, you can run. And I don't care about it. And now that I play pickleball, all I want to do is compete every day. And so, and, and part of that is because it's so much fun to compete and it's, you know, short games, you can compete in, in all different formats. Um, and I also, just and again kind of underlining that it's one of the only sports where men and women compete against each other pretty fairly i mean there there are a few other sports like that but not a lot so i, I think that diversity you are expecting at PickleCon, you will get for sure based on what i've seen so you know just sort of diving into PickleCon a little bit um what you know maybe we can talk about what what we should expect and and who's going to go and and you know what, what's your vision so far right pickle console has all the convention aspects um so it's four hundred thousand square feet of convention center space wide open we'll put down right now it's specked out to hold 100 courts um that'll change as we get going with multiple tournament providers so that we'll have a lot of different people running their own tournaments inside our event so again, give that diversity of opportunities and options for type of product that you want to be seen there. Um, multiple camps and clinics. So having pros come in, teaching clinics, having destination camps, doing a mini camp there, having other provider, camp providers come in and showcase their product. And then a ton of vendor space um, available with courts inside Vendor Village to do demo. So you can demo paddles and you can do pro-ams and different act like activations at the booths. Um, and then just the convention side of panel discussions and educational breakout sessions. So there's new technology popping up everywhere. So how can we 
um, advertise and explain those and get people in front of a wider audience. And then a lot of people are wanting to get into refereeing and figure out it's a whole process. You learned there's an entire process. Uh, I was like, oh, we can just get referee certified at our event. Um, no, it's not that simple. <laughs> a lengthy, lengthy process. So how can we educate people on what is that process? And then maybe start the um, process of getting certified and we'll have tons of games going on. And so they need practice games. So go upstairs and practice all weekend and get all your games in and have someone watch you while you're doing that. Um, and so it really is just kind of bringing together that convention side of the education and community and networking, but also pickleballers, they want to play, they want to play. So providing a ton of courts, just the opportunity to play in tournaments, play in camps and clinics. And then also there'll be just a lot of open play courts that you can reserve or just go drop in, play a couple round robins, have a mixer, meet some new people, some activities outside of it, uh, partner with a local group that um, might do a tour bus type situation of picking people up and taking people around Kansas City and seeing all the pickleball places along with maybe some barbecue places and things <laughs> like that that make Kansas City Kansas City. And so really just creating an event that has something for everyone, but also pulling in Kansas City and saying, come to the city as a whole, make a family vacation out of it, make a girl's trip, guy's trip, whatever you want out of it to where our event is awesome, but you also have some really cool memories and experiences outside of the event as well. Oh, wow. I'm so excited already. You you know, you both mentioned technology and Carrie, maybe, you know, you said that there, there's been some technology changes within. And I, I, I don't know if if you're planning on building anything that's specific to pickleball. I know there's a lot of missing pieces, right? So there's what Duper is putting together and some of the other rating system technology that's kind of missing there's, um, you know, where to play and, and, you know, not just on a map, but like more specifically it, it changes. Um, there's technology around building courts. And, um, so I'm just curious, Carrie, if you guys are jumping into any part of that, or maybe you already have. No, I think those organizations that you just discussed are more equipped to do that kind of, uh, technology development. The technology that we're talking about is just more how to like generate ease of use to get into the event, to find your schedule, to understand what camps and clinics fit your needs, to filter and search. There, There is, you know, maybe 50 different offerings and it's not our typical event where everybody goes to the same conduit, signs up, and then it's it's cut and dry. Yeah. There's like a one point of entry and, and that's all you have to do. Well, this is like um, an a la carte, you know, purchase where not any person is going to buy the same one, two, seven things. And so that is a different way to um, showcase whatever our offering is. And so that's the technology that we have to design just to make ease of use. Yeah. Now, Triple Crown did start a uh, business during the pandemic. It was poor timing. Uh, we didn't know about the pandemic, but we started a data and analytics company called CSE. And that is a technology company that measures the objective uh, measurements surrounding athletes' movements or speed in which they travel through time, uh, the, the way, the, the speed that the ball exits the bat or their hand or the, you know, this is done in baseball and softball right now. The CSE brand measures athletes as they perform their sport and then gives them those objective measurements back combined with 
the subjective human evaluation. Unlike swimming, where 100 meters done in a specific time period is good, bad, or ugly, baseball has a lot of subjective eye tests, they call, where a athlete, you know, uses their hands appropriately to field the ground ball or to come through the zone. And those things are, uh, uh, somebody that knows the sport can, can offer a decent rating of how they're doing to, would they move their feet around or, uh, their attitude is, you know, a characteristic of, you know, performance. If things get tough, are they going to be resilient enough? And so a lot of coaches still want that in baseball and softball. And I'm imagining that pickleball may be a great source for some of these objective criteria, especially for the pros to know how fast did that shot just come through? You know, or what, you know, angle is the, um, is the ball coming um, at to, for the most ideal precision shot and who's doing that the most consistently on the pro level, those kind of things CSE could play a role in as it evaluates. That would not be something Liz will be happy. We're not going to do that this coming year. <laughs> We've already got enough on our plate to start this event. Right. And uh, however, there's an opportunity here for an amateur athlete to see how fast, if they want to get better, you, you've got to be able to move from this side of the court to that side of the court in this amount of time and that's considered getting better or good and if i can hit it this fast or react to a a ball within this amount of time frame those are all things that cse could inject into the technology side in the future um and so that would be some of the technology play that triple crown could provide down the road for the sport as it continues to grow i that's really interesting i'm glad you brought that up i i've i've often thought I have a tech background and I'm in San Francisco, so forgive me, but that is where my brain goes. And uh, I've often thought that, you know, from a rating standpoint, why couldn't we have, you know, our phone record us and then it feeds into some database that gives information back so that at least again, like when you're asked, are you a 3.0 player, a 3.5, a 4.0, that you have something more specific than the guessing, which is happening for a lot of amateur players. Um, and so I think there's definitely room for that. And, and I also think that most pickleball players always are striving to get better. Um, they, it, it, not just like, maybe if you're a runner, you want to get faster, but with, with pickleball, they want to, to be more strategic and they want to know which shots and shot construction. And they're constantly learning it's such an appetite. And I think by giving some feedback, like this program probably could, it would really help. Uh, a lot of players. So I think there's definitely a need in pickleball. And even um, the change to rally scoring, um, I know I know the pros are now using rally scoring more, The um, but amateurs have are still using the traditional scoring. And so, you know, every point matters. It's not, you know, and so even like you said, I'm, I'm, I'm not okay with losing, but I, it's okay. I, I know that I'm not the best pickleball player yet. But I do always want to win every point. So if so, as soon as I lose a point, I'm back. Well, how can I win the next point? And I think again, like if you get feedback around how you how you play or what you're striving to do, it's really important. So I think your insights there are very good. Um, I guess Alyssa, you'll have your work cut out for you next year. <laughs> yes, yes, I will. <laughs> Uh, so when is, maybe you can just give specifics so anyone who's listening can make sure that they check out the event um, and, and, and I'll have some links in the show notes, but 
Um, so make sure everybody subscribes to this so they can hear more because we'll probably talk closer to the event again. But uh, where can they find out more about the event? Yeah, so the event will be August 8th through 11th, 2024 at the Kansas City Convention Center, Barter Hall. Um, and we have a website. So you can see it via triplecrownsports.com or just go straight to it at picklecon.com. So we'll have all the information up there as we release it, um, all of our partners that we're talking to inside the pickleball world, as well as ways to get involved. So like we said, we have a very collaborative approach. So there's a get involved tab of, do you want to be a vendor? Do you want to run a tournament? Um, or just do you have brands that you want to see there that maybe we haven't talked to yet? So um, gives us an idea of what to re- who to reach out to and continue building that event with with the public and with people. So Carrie, do you think that your dad would be, is he interested in pickleball himself? Would he be excited that you're going into pickleball? Is he like, look, any event is fun. What's, is he, you know. He's very excited. He's still like is in the office. Oh, listen to this. I mean, we walk by his room every day we go to the office and he's still in there with like grease boards and he's coming up with different ideas. He's the one that generated the CSE company with data and analytics. Um, and that was born after he uh, passed the CEO transition from himself to me in 2017. With that space, he you know had time to think, and he thought, well, I've been developing players my whole life. He's he's been a coach for over 45 years, and he transitions them from the amateur field into collegiate. And all of the athletes, the girls softball players, end up playing college somewhere. It's just, will they stay at that at that uh, college? Will they be happy? Will they get playing time? Will they exceed? Will they be a role player? Will they sit the bench? That's where, you know, his head goes mm-hmm. is how can you get the development for the athlete? And so I'm very intrigued when you said pickleball players are always wanting to get better. And I love that because I think that it gives a lot of opportunity for Triple Crown because we are good at giving feedback, whether it's through the segmentation of, hey, if you get better, you'll be in the we call them power pools or, you know, you, you can earn your way to play with the elite customers. And so my dad is very in, innovative. He's inventive. And, you know, he has heard the way in which we put all the, the disparate tournament providers together and all the brands. And he's like super excited how we know <laughs> he looks at this as like a brand new way to enter a market and he's very excited with the the talent that we have on it Alyssa and sean as well as where it's pointed so it looks like he's very delighted with what's happening <laughs> when you were growing up did you see yourself becoming the ceo of the company or no was that sort I of didn't. what he was gonna do and you were gonna yeah i was snowmobiles? yeah i was not going to work at the family company um, I was, you know, I didn't know where I would be, but it was not at Triple Crown. And really what got me to stay in 2003, four and five was being in the office and being around the culture. And it's a culture of respect, family first and work ethic. And so if we know that those uh, associates that excel the most at Triple Crown prioritize their families before work, and the work will get done. And so we have this culture where we're respectful of each other. We can have our families come into the office. We can leave the office to go to um, weddings, funerals, school plays, sporting events. It's encouraged to be a, a coach in the community and give back to young athletes. And I think it's it's actually speaks to what mo- most people 
when they leave work, if they work around people who have similar values and, and priorities, they are happy. And if they feel celebrated in, you know, they're because we're human, we're not just robots. Although sometimes when you're driving around San Francisco and you see self-driving cars, you're like, wow, this is really going in a different direction. <laughs> but, you know, for the rest of us that are still going to work, um, in, in the traditional sense, I think that means a lot. I'm really excited. I, I would love to to plan to check back in before PickleCon is is um, happening so we can learn more about the specifics. And I'm so glad to hear and learn more about Triple Crown as a company and, and your mission. And so I really appreciate your time today. And again, I'll, I'll put everything in the show notes, but I hope everyone... Can you register already or is there just information now? Hopefully at the beginning of the year, we'll start putting some gate passes on sale and then a little later in the spring, um, we'll get some of the camps and tournaments up and going. Awesome. So hopefully people listening can reach out and make your inbox even more full. <laughs> awesome. Well, you guys both, thank you so much. Uh, good luck to both of you. And really, really interesting um, conversation about Triple Crown and PickleCon. So thanks. Okay. Hey guys, thanks for listening to Simply Pickleball. We will be back very soon with great interviews, discussions, and more all about pickleball. Don't forget to subscribe to our channels on YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, or any of your favorite podcasting outlet. Until next time, happy dinking.